This is Yes and Marketing, the podcast for people who believe that great ideas can come from anywhere. I'm your host, Steve Pockross. Join me for conversations with eclectic marketers and creative thinkers. Yes and Marketing is brought to you by Verblio, the friendliest content creation platform in the business. This week, I'm talking with Doug Burdett for the third year in a row. Doug is a savvy agency vet and may be most well-known as the host of the Marketing Book Podcast. Every week, he interviews the author of a new marketing book and reads every single book. At more than 400 episodes, Doug is likely the best-read marketer on planet Earth. It's also possible that no one knows more about top marketing thought leadership than Doug. So we brought Doug back again this year for another round of the year in review of the best and most interesting marketing books of 2022. In addition, Doug shares his unique view on the three most important marketing lessons he's distilled from those 400 authors. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Doug Burdett, welcome back to Yes End Marketing. Oh, it's great to be back. I've been preparing for this conversation all year because we're going to talk about the books that have been on the Marketing Book Podcast for the last, the last 52 episodes. And people say, Douglas, why do you keep doing this podcast? You're up to like over 400 episodes. I say, well, you know, it improves my chances of getting back on Steve's, you know, yes and marketing podcast. So, you know, you don't realize this, Steve, but you're actually giving me goals. So, like I say, I've been preparing for this all year. And then even last week, because I knew I was going to be on camera, I went to the dentist, got my teeth cleaned. Then I went and got a haircut. Today, I even shaved. So... Oh my Soak God. it in. You're really bringing it. Thank you for being our holiday tradition. It is wonderful to have you back. I'm yeah, glad it's we're great yours to be back. Well. well, then let's jump in with our normal improv questions that we didn't prepare you for. And then we'll go through some list of some hot books that you read this year that maybe our audience could learn from. Okay. Uh, funniest to answer by a podcast guest this year. I'm usually the one cracking all the jokes. <laughs> um. So they, uh, they're, they, a lot of them are really good natured and they, they kind of play the straight, the straight man in drama. Yep. When I'm reading the books, believe it or not, I'm actually thinking of jokes I can tell during the, <laughs> during the interview <laughs> and I write it in the, or, or sound effects that I can play. So, um, really this podcast, um, you know, if we're going to be honest, it's an outlet for a frustrated stand up comedian <laughs> and I have done stand up comedy. But it's hard for that not to sneak into the podcast. All right. Let me change the question. Your funniest moment on your podcast this year. There are these. I was in for the 400th episode. I was interviewing Stephen Pressfield, mm. author of The War of Art. And I probably shouldn't have done it, but it was it was pretty funny where I had these sound effects. Like his book is called Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be. It's a, it's a new book. And so I, I couldn't resist. I said, look, when, whenever you say the name of the title or I say the name of the title, I want everyone to think of this. And I played the Beavis and Butthead laugh. Every, anytime you say ass. And uh, then I, you know, he had been the Marine Corps. So I had a bit from Full Metal Jacket. And there were just some other funny things like that. But you know what they say, uh, Steve? You kind of had to be there. Got it. All right. Let's jump into books. Drum roll, please. We're starting at the top as opposed to the countdown. Your favorite, best overall marketing book of 2022. That would have to be The New Rules of Marketing and PR, 8th edition by David Merriman Scott. Really? And he was on for the 6th and 7th edition as well. But that's one of two books that have had the biggest impact on my career. 
And he was the very first guest I ever interviewed. And he updates that book every two or three years. And it's about 400 pages. So sometimes people say, what's the first book I should read about marketing? I, that, that might be one of them, depending upon their situation. But the new rules of marketing PR, it's also in 29 languages. So for those in your audience who aren't, you know, maybe native English speakers, there's probably an addition in their first language as well. It's on my Mount Rushmore of books for marketers. Your most underrated book of 2022 and why? Now, when you say underrated, meaning kind of surprising? Surprising. I would have thinking the new rules of marketing would have been that kind of like everyone's read this book before. It comes out every year with a new edition. Pretty amazing that it's still at the top of the shelf. Yeah. Well, let me mention one by a first-time author. And I couldn't believe this was her first book. <laughs> it's that good. In other words, a book like this, you, you would think somebody had written several. And it's uh, Using Behavioral Science and Marketing by Nancy Harhut. Mm -hmm. If you are familiar with Robert Cialdini's work, you'll like this book. In fact, he endorsed her book. It was really helpful for marketing people, for salespeople, uh, really relevant for content creators. And she's a copywriter by trade. Awesome. Her name one more time. Nancy Harhut, H-A-R-H-U-T. I'm thrilled that behavioral sciences is getting deeper into marketing and advertising as a less of a theoretical, this is the way the world works and actually an application focus. Yes. Marketers are making things difficult for themselves by not applying the science that we know is there. <laughs> it's been that right. way for a number of years, but there are certain things that work and are very predictable. And her book goes into that. Perfect. That is right up my alley as two of my favorite topics. Best work by an author you've read before. So new book by an author that uh, came out with the second or third or. Yeah, this is, again, I think there were 18 out of 52 authors that came back. So like a third of my guests are return visitors. So I'm not scaring too many of them off. I particularly liked Nick Webb's book, What Customers Hate. And it's a, he's, he writes phenomenal books. He had a a uh, brilliant book about innovation, what customers crave. And this book, What Customers Hate, so you're familiar with the importance of creating uh, any company or organization, creating a great experience for their customers, or at least a better experience for their customers. And it's really difficult for companies to do it, but you, you have to engineer it. And there have been, like I said, a number of really, really good books about that this year. And his book said, you know, those are good things to do, but you should start by finding out what your customers hate. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily about your company, but you, you should have the humility to find out if there's something you're doing that they hate. Most companies don't want to know that. But there could be something about your category that people hate. Start with what they hate for the biggest gains. It's like, Look, you know, the, 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 the medics would say, look for the sucking chest wound first, stop the bleeding, you know, and it's a fun book, but it's, it's really very logical as well. Perfect. Best practical book that should serve as your marketing Bible. Content chemistry, volume six by Andy Crestedina. 
That's a book that's been, you know, around for, oh, 10 years or so. And he updates it. And it's, gosh, maybe 375 pages, but it really is the most comprehensive content book out there. And the book, like chemistry, I took a year of chemistry. I had to, even though I was an English major, <laughs> hoping that one day it would come in handy. The first half of the book is the lecture, and the second half of the book is the lab. And every bit of it is based on research that he's done over 20 years of creating content. And it's just, it's a tour de force. I just gave a copy of that to my former content director. Uh, I got Andy to autograph it, but it's like a desk reference. That's, again, that's, that's another one of those Mount Rushmore books that if you only read five or 10, mm -hmm. that's one that you would have. Awesome. He is unbelievably influential to our company as well. Yes. As a matter of fact, because I interviewed him not too long ago, I can remember there's a 65-page section, an entire chapter on promotion. Hmm. If you do not have a, a really good plan for content promotion, you're, you're, you're probably not going to do too well. You know, the promotion is the starting line, not the finish line. You know, when you publish content, however it is, really that's when the race starts. So, I mean, it was just, it's, it's that comprehensive. It's, it's that valuable. It's really, I don't know how somebody in content marketing w could not have read that book. Perfect. Agreed. Best book of 2022 that teaches marketers about some other discipline like sales or product or UX design or writing that influences their marketing. Well, here's another Mount Rushmore book. This is like <laughs> everybody writes your new and improved guide to creating ridiculously good content by Ann Handley. Mm -hmm. 2015, when I started the show, she was episode, she was on episode five and it's just one of my favorite books and her book is so good. It was stolen out of my office a couple of years ago. The first edition, it was one of those interns that was doing writing for us. So she says her book is 10% funnier than the old one, but that's a lie because it's even funnier than that. And it's about, gosh, that's probably 400 pages, 91 short chapters. It's got even more than before, but that is a somewhat magical book because once you read it and you're creating any kind of content, particularly written content, it's like she's there with you, cheering you on, encouraging you, and she's keeping at bay that junior high school substitute English teacher who told you you're a terrible writer or whoever, you know, that we all experience that trauma somewhere along the line or a boss who said you're, you can't write worth a damn or, or whatever. It's funny. I, I'm mentioning the new rules, content chemistry, everybody yeah. writes. Those, those are three that... Uh, I think a lot of people in your audience uh, have probably either read or, or should read. I don't want your audience to have to read 450 sales and marketing books like I did. Trust me when I say those are three of the really, really important ones. And I was able to have all three on the show this year. So the theme of 2022 is get back to the classics. There's, there's classics for a reason. Hey, it's Steve. Did you know that if you listen to every single episode of Yes and Marketing, you'd have heard my voice for almost 32 hours? If all that listening has ever made you wonder, 
What would this guy look like in a Viking helmet or a plague doctor mask? Today is your lucky day. Head on over to verblio.com backslash hats and find out. Plus, you can learn about how Verblio creates content for over a thousand in-house marketers and agencies and get 50% off your first month. Okay, back to myself. Given current recessionary trends, even if they're not officially recessionary yet, can you think of a book that is most important to read during hard times? Yeah, I can actually suggest two, both of which were on the show in 2022. One of them is Selling Through Tough Times by <laughs> Paul Riley. And he goes into you know the psychology of what companies do differently and what you need to do to survive. In fact, he talks about how you can actually thrive. If you you read read his book and prepare mentally, there's actually opportunities because everyone is, um, you know, behaving a a certain way. Maybe they're hunkered down, but it it was really, really smart book. And then there's another book, Jeb Blunt, who writes phenomenal sales books. And I think I've interviewed him about six times. And he wrote a book called Selling the Price Increase. He'd written this big book on virtual selling right during the lockdown. Just amazing. And so selling the price increase, I hadn't read Mm -hmm. a book about that, but it was really very interesting. And believe it or not, it's not about sales tips. A lot of it has to do with taking care of your customers along the way (laughs) correctly. Mind-blowing, right? So it's it's like a closing. You know, any book I've read on closing – the authors will say, look, it's not some Alec Baldwin always be closing <laughs> trick at the end of a presentation. It's like search engine optimization. It's got to be baked in all, all the way through. And, and I guess that frustrates people, but these authors say, yeah, all they want to know about is, okay, how do I close? How do I close? And they say, that's almost the, the least important thing if you're doing everything else correctly, like SEO. If you're doing it correctly, there's, you don't have to do a lot of tricks. Doug, what are some other, what do they call it? Where they, you get nominated for the award, but you are close. It's just some of the most other, other most memorable books that you read for the year that come to mind. Well, let me, let me tell you one that has, I think the best title of the whole year. Best title is a great topic. How not to suck at marketing (laughs) by Jeff Perkins. He had been in the agency business in New York like I had, and it was kind of fun to read it because he would mention people that I knew. And then he went on to become a marketer, and then he was the CEO of this um, company in Atlanta, and he since left there. But his book, and some of it was kind of a look back on things that he had done in his career. But one of my favorite things from that book was that he said, look, I'm not smarter than the average bear. In fact, there's other marketers smarter than I am. But one of the problems that marketers have when they start a new job is they have way too ambitious of goals. They want to completely redo the website, redo the logo, set up a in-person event, build a community, and climb Mount Everest, you know. <laughs> and the companies that hire these marketers, sometimes they're not quite sure what they're supposed to be doing, okay? But after about nine months, they go, what, what, is, what is he doing? What, what has he done? You know, Because all those things I just mentioned take a long time to do. 
So what he always did when he got a new marketing job is he just tried to figure out the answers to two questions. And this worked beautifully. One is to find out the answer to we're not growing revenue sufficiently because we're not getting enough revenue because there's usually a reason why. And sometimes the company can't even articulate it. But if a marketer can get the answer, get in there and figure it out, you've got to go in and look at the numbers, but figure out why you're not growing revenue as much as they want. That also requires you to find out what the revenue goals are, which will really set you apart as a marketer. The second question is, we're missing out on deals because. Now, you see how that gets you at the sales table right off the bat? And do you see how right off the bat that could start generating some great bottom of the funnel content ideas? Yeah, perfect. So that was a fun one. There was another book on the show called Friction by Soon Yu and Dave Burrs. And that was probably the funniest interview I did all year. Soon Yu, he's been the CEO. He's been, you know, he's uh, worked at all these big brands, but he was also the lead singer of an Asian funk band in San Francisco. So he's just altogether fun. And uh, his book was also very different. So I've had another book on the show about friction and you always hear about friction, remove friction for the customer, which is not a bad thing to do. And soon talks about that. And in fact, when he sent me the book, I thought, you know, I've already had a book about friction by, by Roger Dooley, a great neuroscience marketing person. But this book says, yeah, you should remove bad friction, but there's actually good friction that you should add in your selling. And I'll give you an example. Like, um, when you buy something from Ikea and you have to put it together, you, th you like the product more. Perfect. Did you pick up any new trends or predictions that, uh, that your authors brought to you that were surprising to you this year? Gosh, I, I, I hate to cop out, but it's like every single book I read, I slap my forehead saying, Douglas, you mm -hmm. moron. You've read hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of these marketing and sales books. How did you not know that? <laughs> Maybe I did, but I forgot it. But it's just like every single one. And people say, you know, have you learned anything from all these books? There's this one particular author, uh, Bob Hoffman, who's the ad contrarian. He's written some books lately about the graft and corruption in digital advertising, which is, you know, music to your ears, <laughs> the content yeah. person. Exactly. But it's it's really disturbing. And the amount of organized crime that's in digital advertising now is just distressing. But um, he's, he, he always says that to me. And I say, Bob, it's not like I've read the same book 400 times. It's a different <laughs> book each time or on rare occasion, a second edition. So, um, yeah, every, every single time there's something that uh, makes me slap my head and think about things differently. Awesome. Doug, do you have any predictions about marketing and uh, sales in the year to come? I think that everyone is going to have their own flying car and entire meals will come in pill form and the earth will be ruled by damn dirty apes. I, I don't know and nobody knows, but I think the, based on really smart numbers people, 
it just seems like the economy is going to get worse, which which it does from time to time. And I think that um, it'll be there'll be some creative destruction. You know, there's companies going out of business, and sadly, there's a lot of people getting laid off. But I hope that the silver lining might be that companies will start to understand the merit of taking care of their customers first. Sell more to your current customers. It's rare that companies are doing everything they can to help and sell more, if possible, if if needed, to their current customers. It's easier. It's a faster sales cycle. And yet, there's this net new customer obsession, or sometimes um, the marketing people are told, you just focus on getting net new customers. And that's that's not the whole picture of revenue that they should have. So that's my thoughts about what might happen uh, next year. But otherwise, I have no idea. and I'm often wrong about these things. Can I go back to something you say about, was I surprised about certain things? Or in, in reading the books, and it, Maybe a slightly different answer, but it's like what what are the things that keep revealing themselves more and more after four hundred of these books over four hundred of these books mm-hmm. and I think that for marketers and and so I've given this presentation to marketers, there's like three things that keep coming up over and over and after about a hundred books on the show, I had seven and then it was five, and now I got it down to three coming. So these are the most important ones, I think. One is marketers need to really focus on what their company goals are. Deeply understand what the company goals are. If you don't have the goals, work with your company to establish some. But try and tie everything you do back to company goals. And the more that you can do that in the language of business, which is accounting, the better. So if you have an understanding of sales goals, revenue goals, uh, what the company's trying to do, there have been books on the show over the years that talk about how the most successful marketers have a company first mindset rather than focusing on their department. Because you can't build a marketing career with an insolvent company. So the, the company goals is just something that's often forgotten. And I can, you've probably seen this too, but I can, I can remember going to these big sales meetings for billion dollar companies and rooms full of salespeople and, you know, maybe some of the channel partners and they'll, they'll bring in the marketing people and the marketing people are talking about some sort of activity and it's just devoid of, of anything to do with the company. And, and I think the salespeople are thinking, I don't, I don't see how that helps me at all. I don't, what does that have to do with our company? Okay. So that's one. The second thing is the customer focusing on the customer. In other words, if you can become the expert on the customer at your company, your status will increase, but also you'll be helping your company dramatically. Marketing, people used to think that sales knew everything about the customer, but now marketing is much more informed about their digital body language and all that sort of thing. But also, salespeople are busy. They're trying to close deals and meet quota the more that you can become an expert on your customer, uh, the more successful you're going to be. And I've met listeners who have done this. I've advised them and they said, wow, it really does work. Even the salespeople and the engineers are paying attention to me because I'm the most 
dialed into what the customers want and need. And, and there's books that can show you how to do that. So the, the third thing that has come up is that the most successful marketers are, by and large, interested in continuous learning. So we're in a time when companies are spending less and less money training people, mm -hmm. but there's never been a better time to train yourself. And CEOs are a lot like this too. There's studies that talk about how there's a, a disproportionate number of CEOs who are very interested. They, they just naturally keep teaching themselves. And even at, um, I just saw a quote the other day from the head of Microsoft talking about the importance of that. And uh, HubSpot, Brian Halligan, he's one of the co-founders. I saw a talk he gave where he said, you know, somebody or an interview, somebody was saying, what is it you look for when you're hiring people? And the, the one thing he talked about was, I look for people who can learn. In other words, teach themselves, figure it out. Because <laughs> a lot of this is changing anyway. Uh, they're not waiting to be told what to do. And then they go, they figure it out, but they're, they're continuous learners. They're not waiting to be told to continuously learn. So the, the company goals, the customer and continuous learning, hey, those are, those are all have C's, don't they? Amazing. Yeah, those three things can um, make a big difference, but I'll step down from my soapbox now. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you for the summary. I can't believe how far how far it's come after 400 books it comes down to three main themes. It's pretty impressive. Doug, is there anything else that we haven't covered on the show today that you want to make sure we got in? I would urge people to read fiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I read all these nonfiction books, but you know, for every business book everyone else reads, read some fiction because that's really good for your brain. Don't just read marketing and sales books. I mean, listen to the Marketing Book Podcast to see if the book might be of, of interest to you or, or contact me on LinkedIn and ask for book recommendations like a lot of listeners do. But they're like specific things like what should I read to learn about account-based marketing or, you know, price increases or, you know, certain financial things. So I would say read, read fiction, have fun, read for fun. Cool. I think that's a great recommendation, especially when times are stressful. I can't spend more time thinking about business when things are more stressful. The fiction actually takes, makes me a better leader and takes some of this, uh, some of the distraction away of living in all of the challenges of the day. Well said. Doug, thank you for being our holiday guest again this year, uh, for sharing all your knowledge and all you put into this, the marketing book podcast so that we can learn from the best of the best. Yes, that, that's what I do with all these guests. Thanks. <laughs> I hope you have a great holiday season. Thank you so much for being on Yes in Marketing again. My pleasure. Now I'm on to the next year. Thanks for listening to Yes in Marketing. If you enjoy the show or learned something new today, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot. Thanks. Thanks.